Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. to Flickr Effect, episode 284. It is Monday, March 4th, as we record. I'm David Lotz. Joining me this episode is Bobby Jackson. Hey, what's up? Yasha Wilson. Hey, 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 everybody. And Michelle Hillard. Hello, everyone. Hello. All, all four of us. It always feels like a super long time if all four of us aren't on. And it may not have been super long, but it feels like it's been a long time. I think this time it has been a long time. I think it's been a decent amount. And then we skipped last weekend because of the Oscars. So I think between that plus the skipping makes it feel even longer. <laughs> yeah, 100%. When it's, uh, I mean, even if it's just a week, if one of us can't make it, then it's like, it feels like we haven't talked in forever. I, I will definitely, agree. I will definitely co sign that. But it, like, I know I wasn't here, I think, the past two weeks. Well, because one, last week was the Oscars, and then the week before that I was busy. So, yeah. Yeah. And, Yasha, I should say you're joining us from the, the streets of Southern California. So stay safe as you join I'm us on the podcast. In the streets of L.A. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I can't really go fast. I will be driving probably about 10 miles per hour is what I will kick it up to on this commute home. So, Yes. I am in my car, and I will be careful. Sounds like my commute some days. So, yeah, it's been a time since yeah. we've recorded. Uh, you, since you brought it up, Michelle, we didn't record last weekend because of the Oscars. That's right. The Oscars that probably should never have been. Uh, well, they, you jumped right <laughs> into your thoughts. Aww. I was going to yeah. ask everybody, hey, what would you think of the Oscars? But since you, you kind of jumped right into it, Michelle, what would you think of the Oscars? Uh... It was probably one of the lamer Oscars I've seen in a very long... It's it, Not that they've been great in the past few years. That was... I kind of take the, takes the cake for that one. That was... So you're our resident sad. You're our resident Oscars uh, aficionado, I guess we could put yeah, it. Yeah, I would say the last few have not been great. But I feel like when it's lacking, sometimes the winners and the acceptance speeches really kind of pull it up. But uh, even this year, like, I feel like there was probably three acceptance speeches that I think were like, oh, okay, <laughs> the feels, that's good. Good stuff right there. Uh, with my favorite, I will say, being lead actress, 
um, Olivia Coleman's acceptance speech was damned adorable and lovable and wonderful and yeah she's a treat that we here in the americas should embrace a lot better than we have been and Mm -hmm. um yeah no it was she was really cute and she was endearing to us i think and she was a lovely little highlight but overall i uh yeah it was not the best oscars although i mean i will say Maybe as far as like performances and things that happened, not surprising in any way, shape, or form. But the performance of Lady Gaga with Bradley Cooper singing "Shallow" was a huge scene-stealing moment. Of course, there's been a lot of gossip ever since then, but whatever. But the performance itself was really good, and I honestly just enjoyed the way they shot it from the stage looking out onto the audience i thought was really i was like oh you guys are actually gonna put together some thought process behind this show for like a whole three minutes (laughs) this is incredible so that was gonna be my quick question as soon as you brought it up what did you think of the way they shot it and you've already said you you like the way they shot it. i liked the way they shot it i thought it was really cool and i feel like they actually thought outside the box you know for three whole freaking minutes of the entire oscar (laughs) show um, but I don't know. I was really bummed out by some of the selections. And unfortunately I will say that I only had half of the awards correct on my ballot. There was 24. I got 12 of them correct. That is just sad. My friends, you got my list over there, right? I think I got 11. I do. I was just about to say on the upside of that, that's one more than David Lott. Yeah. It was a bad night. We are the champions, my friends. I mean, I'm not gloating. It's totally fine. Um, anyways, yeah, so I got one up of Aubrey David, which I don't think has ever happened. So here we have it. Hmm. That's my Oscar takes. Whoops. Let's bring on the next year. Let's say actually, it was a bad year. Let's actually get a host and maybe a concept of a theme for the show and maybe do like a montage or two and... I, I don't know. Let's actually throw in entertainment with people that get paid to do it for a living. How about that? Can we try that? Maybe that'd be cool. <laughs> Super down with that. Well, I'll say real quick. <laughs> I feel like I follow in the no man's land of, I don't know. I, I've been seeing two different opinions on this show for the most part. I feel like people either liked it or they didn't. I saw a lot of, Hosh, you know, I don't know what the hashtag was. It was like no more Oscar hosts, like people that were happy, like, hey, this totally works without a host. See, we don't need hosts anymore. And then people who didn't like the show. But I, I definitely fall in the I did not like the show almost at all. But I, I'm still all for the no need for a host. Like, that's not the reason I didn't like it. But I think this was a bad example of how to do it without a host. Like, I no doubt believe they can do a great show and have no definitive host of the Oscars, but this was not the way to do it. I hated the way the show opened. It opened like the Grammys with like, you know, queen concert. Like, I don't know. It was just that, that I guess is what bummed me out most about the way they handled not having a host. But, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like the show at all. I thought it was one of the worst Oscars we've seen in a while. And I think, in an attempt to make the show more 
entertaining to a wider audience. I mean, I guess I'm not the wider audience you should be asking, but from my perspective, it didn't work. But I don't know. I mean, maybe if you ask a bunch of people, general audience members, maybe they did like it. I, I don't know. But there was just things about it I found really weird. Like, again, going back to an attempt to, I guess, appeal to maybe certain groups of people. Like, there were people popping up on stage. And I'm just like, Tom Morello at one point. Right? <laughs> like, I'm like, what is he doing here? Why Why is, what? And then I think Serena Williams at one point. I don't know. I mean, not that I have a problem with these people. They're great. But it just felt forced and odd that they were there. Like, such a weird attempt to, like, make it almost, like, hip or something. I don't know. It's, Appeal to the masses. Yeah. More of the masses. I guess, oh, so this is about movies, but let's let's appeal to people that, like, music. Let's appeal to the people that, like, sports. And it yeah. was, like, this weird stretch. And it wasn't cohesive in any way, shape, or form. And it was so, like, wait, what? I found that really weird. It was a bit all over. It was a bit all over the place. Like I will give you that. Like it was like I mean I was kind of surprised when Serena popped up there too. I was like, um, okay, that's cool. I guess like welcome to the Oscars, right? But um, <laughs> it just I I'm I'm indifferent when it comes to the host. I thought that the how how fluid it was and kind of moved from from moment to moment. It did cut a lot of time, so maybe that's something that was good we could take from the host but i like the idea of a host i like having somebody there i like having you know a comedian with an opening uh, monologue and you know that sort of thing like i think that's you know they're funny i I guess i'm a kind of a traditionalist when it comes to that but i like the classic hosts and the people that you know have a talent to being able to do you know all different types of comedy and you know think outside the box push the edge a little bit and just be funny like just in you know so excited to see them just up there kind of moving the show right along. Maybe the answer is not having a host, but maybe they just have an opening stand-up comic. Like, just do a 10-minute opening monologue. Like, do a montage mono, you know, thing, like a performance. Like, Dave and I have said we enjoyed when we were younger and in the 90s. Those were super cool with Billy Crystal and Whoopi Goldberg, and they always would do a thing. Like, do one of those, like, do a yeah. production number, right? And then have a comedian come out for 10 minutes and kind of open us up and kind of make, you know, poke fun at at things, you know, like that's what we enjoy, right? You, you poke fun at the people that are nominated and the movies and you question some of them and, and you love some of them. And, 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 and let me give, give me give me that. I do enjoy that. And after that, no host. I'm cool with no host after that point. Like, just let's just yeah. do that. I liked Tina Fey. Um Jesus, I'm blanking on the Maya Rudolph Polar and Amy Poehler, yeah. And Maya Rudolph. Yeah, and I like them. I think, you know, having those three, because they're so funny and so creative, I bet they would crush it as a host. Right. Just put them all up there and have them do an opening monologue like they just did. And then maybe just like here and there come in and it's like, and now, you know, blah, 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 performing this. And now, da, 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 this. And, you know, welcome back. And, you know, this is the Oscars or whatever and stuff like that. And having that kind of conversation on stage. I think it would be funny. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, there was no doubt since they were the first presenters, they they even acknowledged the fact that, you know, they were up there for a little longer. They were almost playing the part of hosts, even though they were saying, hey, we're not the hosts. But there's no doubt they were in the position of kind of explaining, like introducing the evening, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they totally would work as hosts. Like, um, 
the other thing I was going to say too about the awards themselves. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, I didn't do too well. I got 11 out of 24. I mean, and I guess what I'm about to say is, I guess it's maybe a case, the case to a point every year, but it just seemed to uh, especially stand out this year that I don't know if something needs to change with the way that they vote on winners or what, but, uh, you know, I understand that when they, when the, the kind of sections or parts of the Academy are determining their nominees, it is determined by like, for example, with sound, you know, it's only basically people who are members of the Academy from that area that are determining their nominees. And I assume, you know, with editing and cinematography and such. But then once we get to the point that we have our nominees and we are determining winners, it's a free for all. Like everyone is voting on all of these categories. And I feel like this year is a perfect example as to why that should absolutely not be the case. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I know exactly what you're going to talk about. The fact that for sound, first sound editing, that Bohemian Rhapsody won for sound editing Oh my god! Is is, is boggling to the mind. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I even actually predicted it would win mixing. Not that I agree with that, but I predicted it. Predicted it, and it did. But the fact that it also won editing, just because it's a movie with music in it, like it makes me want to peel my it, skin off my like, face. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. And, hurts. and then film editing. <laughs> the fact that that oh movie my god. won film Ooh. editing is. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Considering I, that was my number one problem with that film was literally the way that film was edited for it to win film editing at the Oscars makes me want to pull my eyeballs out. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't like, know. I, I really felt like this year, especially when it came to some of the, the choices for winners, that we started to go down the road of making it more like the Golden Globes and it it, it hurt to watch. So, I don't know. Overall... My takeaway, I, I did not enjoy the Oscars. I usually look forward to Oscar Sunday every year. It's just a day where I even throw on E for most of the day. And just even though I don't, it's not like I care about fashion and red carpet stuff, but it, it's just like, ah, it's on. I'm hanging out today and it's Oscar Sunday. And, and well, the they, sh- inter- they interview some people yeah, that are involved. You know, they interview the cinematographers. They interview the directors and some of the, like they interview people on and off. It's just my and, way and of saying like, like oh. I, I enjoy Oscar Sunday, yeah. but then when the show came and it didn't take long, like 30 minutes, an hour in, I was like, man, this, this sucks. I could totally mm-hmm. even just turn this off now and go to bed and I'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Like I, I stayed up. I watched the whole thing, but it bummed me out. Bobby, you've been quiet so far. I'm curious. What, what Did you watch it? What did you think of it? Bobby thinks the three of us are insane. <laughs> no, I don't. And I, I completely get where you guys are coming from. I mean, I'm an Oscar fan since like I was a young kid. and I, I've always watched it and enjoyed it because I've always had such a love for cinema and, and movies and everything. So, And you guys know how many movies I tend to watch in a year. So to me, the Oscar ceremony is a big deal but i think i look at it maybe slightly different than you guys do because for me since i see so many of these things i'm really my enjoyment level rides on uh not so much what they do with the show but who wins and because i'm sitting there rooting for certain things and when i hear those names my enjoyment level goes up when I hear Black Panther winning for these different categories. I'm like, you know, finally breaking through on some of these things. 
be in the comic book movie, being the first female uh, person of color to do this. You know, those those things mean something to me in a way that it's like it supersedes the show itself. And so some of those things are like that. And then just some of the movies that I watch or Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse winning for best animated over a Pixar movie. I mean, that, that kind of stuff, it, it resonates with me. So it makes me um, kind of distill all the other aspects down and and not really care about it because if it was if it was me and I was the person who could run the Oscars to me honestly because I just care about the categories and the winners I would have it to where there's no host there's uh some people who come on stage and announce who the people are in the category they say the winner and the camera pans to the person who won, and they're waving from their seat, like, hey, I just won. And as they're waving and someone's saying, hey, they just won, some, two more people just came out, and they're about ready to announce the next category. And they were keep on moving, keep on moving, because <laughs> I don't really, I mean, the speeches and everything, they're they're great sometimes. But honestly, I find a lot of times when there's presenters, and for these people to be actors, sometimes they seem so stiff and uncomfortable on stage doing their little banter and, and their little thing. is just It makes me uncomfortable. So I could do away with a lot of that stuff and just hear just uh, them w- listing off the winners and having them wave and say, yeah, I won, and then doing an interview off stage and I'll listen to their interview about who they thank later. Because I just really care about seeing some of those winners. But... I mean, for the most part, I will say I enjoyed it just from the aspects of seeing some of these categories win. But um, I wouldn't say I was entertained because there wasn't that element to it, per se. There wasn't the host. There wasn't, uh, you know, some more types of things that happened throughout the show that kind of brings the general audience person into it. But, you know, like I said, that that's kind of fine for me because I really just am to- specifically tuned into and, and honed in on who's winning and, and seeing uh, the people that I hope win to actually get that win. So uh, I, I get totally why everyone feels the way they do, but I kind of go into the Oscars looking for something slightly different than most, I guess. So I don't really, uh, I can't really say anything bad in terms of like, oh, you're wrong about what you think was wrong with this year's Oscars because I can see it and and I can totally uh, get behind it. But for me, I just, I guess I kind of come at it differently. You know, there's a couple of things about the Oscars that I really take took from this one and I really, really enjoyed. One, legitimately jumped up when I saw that Spider-Man won. That was so exciting for me. I don't know why, but Redeeming I was Redeeming moment really, really of the happy. night. Oh, so cool. And the other was watching Chris Evans' reaction when Black Panther won its Oscar. That made me so genuinely happy because he was excited. And that was cool to see something that I think he was like, I'm involved in this world and see them win an Oscar was very, very exciting for me as well. Like watching Black Panther win as many as they did the comic book movie, win these Oscars, I couldn't have been happier. I couldn't have been happier. And for all the reasons that Bobby said as well, you know, first black person winning when it comes to that, it was really, 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 um, really cool to see that. But to see the reaction of some of these people when it came to those movies winning, I was really, uh, I was really happy about that. 
that was, that was fun for me. Well, anyway, that I guess uh, that's our take on the Oscars. It's over. I hope for better next year. God, that's willing. all I got. <laughs> I was I was quickly going to give a small shout out today to R.I.P. to uh to somebody that. I'll be honest, didn't really influence my life in, in a few ways, but apparently did in a lot of others. But fare, fare thee well, Luke Perry. You you went a little too early, man. It's how, a shame. How old was he? 52? 52. 52. He had a stroke last week, and I guess it was a massive, massive stroke, and it, it, and it took him. And it's like, you know, I mean, was he a great... A great, wonderful actor and well-known, no, but it's like he was a part of pop culture in the 90s that I think was very influential, especially with like our generation. You know, it was it was a thing, you know, and like I see memes today and people, it's, a, it's kind of a funny joke, but it's not a joke, but it's definitely like PSA, people check on your girlfriends if they're between the ages of 35 to 50, we're not okay, hashtag Luke Perry. I'm like, I'll be honest, I I don't disagree with that. Like, there's a lot of wo- girls, women right now that are like, oh, wow, that was like my first teen heartthrob. That was my first crush. Or even guys that were like, that was my first crush, you know? Like, so, right. anyways. So, yeah. Rest in peace, man. But, yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong. It was like, I mean, I, like, I, hand to God, never really watched 90210. Yeah, I never I did either. No. <laughs> I do know the characters because it was that much of a thing. Like, I mean, that came out when I was in high school. Actually, one of my best friends from high school, funny enough, was a transfer. He transferred in our senior year, little white kid. And I remember it clear as day because it was absolutely hilarious. And one of my friends was sitting there just staring at him. And he was just like, what, man? What? What is the problem? He's like, you look like Dylan from 90210. That was it. Mm-hmm. His name was Dylan for the rest of the year. That was <laughs> September. And everybody called him pretty much Dylan for the rest of the year because he looked mm-hmm. like Dylan from 90210. But it's just like, you know, he it, it was a thing. You're right, Michelle. It was like it was a thing. And it was a huge, massive thing. And, yeah. you know, I knew when, when he passed away, I was just like, oh, man, that kind of sucks. You know, I was like 52 years old is really young. And he wasn't this spectacular actor, as you said, but he did have a talent. Right. And he was good when he did pop into places. It's just like he was fun to watch. So it's just like it's kind of, you know, sad to see somebody be taken so, so early. Yeah. And, you know, so quick, so quickly. I mean, all we can hope for is that, you know, maybe he just hopefully he just didn't suffer. Yeah, I mean, like, I can't relate to any of the fans for 90210 or even Riverdale, which is the show he's most recently been known for is his work on that show. But I mean, like, you know, I remember the very few seconds, minutes he's in the fifth element. But honestly, for me, Luke Perry was he was always Pike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And like, he was the snarky, like... I'm a tough guy, but I'm I'm really not a tough guy. I'm a big softy. Like it was like this iconic character for a lot of people that enjoyed Buffy the Vampire Slayer that, that enjoyed that film. And like, yeah, you know that was that that's Luke Perry to me. It's literally that character, and 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 I will always have that in my memory. So I didn't even know he was in Riverdale. Like, so, like I mean, <laughs> and that's the truth. I was just like, oh, he's in Riverdale too. Well, cool. I guess yeah, that's kind of cool. Mm. 
So, anyways, yeah, sorry, I actually did watch Nine Hundred Two One Zero all the time, like religiously, and he was definitely that character and that guy that everybody would want to be like if you were, you know, in in that real life, just because he was sort of the bad boy and he was the the character that all the girls wanted to float to, you know. Right. Um, and so he had that that aura, that thing about him. And from all reports that I've seen, he seems like he was a genuinely good guy in real life too. So it's it's sad to see someone go. And it's always sad to see him go early. And, and that seems to be the case here. And I think I read somewhere where they said that I think he was put into an induced coma. But then mm-hmm. I, I guess it just it he didn't get better so they you know he went into his sleep yeah. so it's, it is sad it's definitely sad well, anyways i didn't mean to bum everybody out it was just kind of like a you know i i can respect people who are hurting right now for him so uh with that uh... <laughs> david's like let me pull something <laughs> yeah, he's like, out. expecting the transition I'm out sorry. of that thanks michelle i Jeez. don't mean to be all bum- i don't mean to bum everybody out man so there's a 90210 reboot coming right that's what i heard <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is actually but... actually i think that was news as we on top of all of this but the thing is, I think that, I mean, just briefly, since you did sort of bring it up, it, it's for a lot of people who've seen that news that there is a 90210, I think they saw the headline. But the 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 aspect of the show is supposed to be that the, the actors are playing themselves, but just a heightened version of themselves. And they're, they're trying to put together a 90210 reboot. So that's the concept of the show. So it's like just... Uh, not actually a 90210 thing, but it's kind of like around that kind of a concept of a thing. Okay. All right. Sort of like if you've seen Curb Your Enthusiasm and, and they and one of the seasons they did it sort of a Seinfeld thing where they were trying to do another season of Seinfeld, but the actors were playing themselves, but sort of in between them playing themselves, they were showing parts of what this new season of Seinfeld would have been kind of like. But, you know, very tongue-in-cheek. So gotcha. I think it's gotcha. similar to that. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, with that, uh, what else has been going on other than the Oscars? I, I had all week to sit around and just stew about the things that annoyed me about that. So that basically took my week up. <laughs> um, other than that, I watched. I did watch, by the way, Bobby, a couple episodes of Deadly Class. I'm like two episodes in. Oh, okay. So I, I'm, in, I'm intrigued in that show so far. Like I, I know. I think it's when you different. talked about it, you, if I remember correctly, I think you almost sounded like third episode that you were like, okay, now you were all in. Yeah. But, it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. It's interesting. It's different, but it's interesting. It's definitely different. I, I felt like you got your comic book shows where uh, everyone has powers and not all of them are the same and not all of them are are formulaic in that way where you kind of know like the CW aspects of their superhero shows or some of the other ones. It's, it's based off of a graphic novel or a comic, but they, no one has powers, but they're all in this school for assassins. So they're, they kind of have these abilities in the sense that, you know, they're, 
kind of like warriors, ninja kind of aspects or fighters, great fighters and using weapons and different skills and, and trained in the arts of trying to essentially be an assassin. But yet they're still high school-ish type kids. And so you still have that level of drama and aspect that goes along with it. But it just does some things differently. And not to mention... um visually it does things differently i don't know if you've seen it in the episodes that you've you've watched so far but sometimes they intercut an animation into the into the show and i don't know if that's like legit the animation of or the the visuals of the comics or if it's just done within the show but they do it in such a way that it's it adds to the story the storytelling so i think it's yeah it's just done in a real different kind of way and and just in general the show itself has its own sort of uniqueness to it and uh yeah i'm i'm still watching it still really into it yeah but so far both episodes of the pilot and the second episode have included some animation and i wondered the same thing too like is this animation kind of in the style of the comic or is it just kind mm-hmm. of some random style which doesn't need to be the style of the comic it was just curiosity right yeah um but yeah i'm enjoying the show so far there's things about it though like and hear me out i get that you have to you know suspend disbelief a little bit it's a show about a school for assassins it's kind of ridiculous like right there Mm -hmm. but at the same time if we're gonna kind of exist in that world right there's things about it that i'm like okay well things that still quite don't make sense like for example, I think it was in the second episode when he's walking through the halls and you see like a group of girls that are basically their cheerleaders. And I'm like, well, what do you what are they cheerleaders for? I had the same <laughs> thought. Like, I had the same do thought. Do they have I, a football team? Are they like, playing against other high schools? I mean, the <laughs> interesting thing, like I was looking, I'm like, why are they cheerleaders? I don't understand. But then like if you look at it, I think those were like the white supremacist girls, which was really even yeah. more interesting. I'm like, is it so they can practice marching i don't understand what's happening here I'm are they just like confused. they're like we're, we're in school so like, we're just gonna dress like this This is what we have to, to do, do to be in high school I, it was really weird it's i had the same thought it's hilarious aspects like that about the show that it's like uh okay i mean again i know maybe I, I i'm thinking way too much into a show with this kind of premise but still it's like stuff like that sticks out you i think I think most people you would find yourself imagining. I'm like, okay, well, why would that be taking place? Like you want to at least somewhat try to fit an idea like this into a real world situation. Like how would it work if it were real and something like seeing some girls? Okay. We're cheerleaders. I I mean, my first thought is like, well, what? what?" Like I, I imagine this is a secret school. Obviously it's in the back of a, what it looked like some type of deli market or something, you know, it's, yeah, yeah I don't know. Anyway, otherwise though, I, I am enjoying it. So what, I don't even know what this show is. What, what is this show that you're talking about? Uh, I mean, Bobby, you could probably explain it better. It's on sci-fi. Um, but as you mentioned, okay. Bobby, it's, uh, it's based on a graphic novel. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's basically about a, a school for assassins. So it's kind of all high school aged kids. It's called Deadly Class. Okay. It's, it's interesting. I'm looking forward to episode three. I think I've always been a third episode person. If you can't win me over by the third episode, I'm out. Like, they, they saw, um, so far I'm intrigued. I think I need to see the third episode and we'll see how it goes. That's just kind of how I've always operated with TV shows. Yeah. Well, and like I said, the third episode is where I really started to feel 
pulled into it. Right. So, yeah, definitely. No, I'm the same way. Second or third episode. I mean, the second one is kind of touch and go if it's stupid. But then it's like the third one is like if it really can't get me to keep going with it, then I'm all out. But uh, what else, David? That, that that's basically it? my week. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, other than my 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 continuing Game of Thrones marathon, but you Game know. of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're close. <laughs> well, just a little over a month or less. Uh, we are. Just we're a little more than a month. month. I think it's yeah, mid-April, just, so like April fourteenth or something like that. I think. Yeah, and I think as long as I get to season four by, fr- I think it's this Friday. I'm on. I'm on schedule. Nice. I, I was ahead of schedule there for a little bit, and now I'm definitely like, okay, I'm basically now like right on schedule. Mm. But like tonight, I won't watch an episode, so I'll be a little behind. So, Michelle, have you watched anything? You're like quiet over there. I've also started, obviously. Uh, what is the show again? Deadly. Deadly class. Deadly class. I've started that, so that's that's been what's up. I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones. I saw something on Instagram where it looked like David was mentioning that you guys were back at it again. I think he was referring to the the soccer league you guys or oh, soccer team you guys support. Yes. That, that start back up or the, something? The season opener for the Orlando City it was on Saturday. Wait, that's their name? The Orlando City? Well, the it's Orlando City Soccer Club. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, so it was like a, it was a season opener on Saturday. It was an all day thing. It was a whole tailgating extravaganza. The game was at three. It was a it was an event. It was a lot of fun. I, I do enjoy soccer season. I do enjoy going to the games. I will say the only thing that honestly is annoying about soccer season is the time that it cuts into seeing movies and TV. Ah, like, nice. Like, nice. That's literally like my that. one cup of like, oh, it cuts out so much time. <laughs> that's why I need to set up a yeah, flat screen like in, the back, a the, in the back of the back of the car so that we can so just we could, tailgate and watch Game of Thrones episodes. The whole thing. Right, right, right. We could tailgate, watch Game of Thrones, and then go see the game. Yeah, it works out great. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, okay. Wait, I'm okay so- with that. I did see also, and I don't know, maybe I'm mixing these things up, but it seemed like, Michelle, you were also talking about spring training, and I only refer to spring training as thinking in baseball terms. That so is also correct. Oh, so <laughs> Man, Bobby, somebody likes me on Instagram. <laughs> I see things. Sometimes <laughs> these things pop up, and I'm like, oh, what are they up to right now? So, oh, we're like, always doing the things. We're The things are always so happening. What is this? Oh, so, okay, so what, it what is baseball. I am referencing baseball. Yeah. I actually really enjoy the sport of baseball. It's a big thing in my life, my my, my childhood. We used to always go to games, professional, AAA, all kinds of stuff. Perks of being in Florida is that for the entire month of March and like the first week of April mm-hmm. is spring training for half of the league is in Florida and the other half is in Arizona. And... um. Yeah, so here in Orlando, we have had for 16 years, 20 years, the Atlanta Braves trains oh, on... I'm like, what Dis- are you about to say? They, they train, <laughs> their spring training is a Disney property at Disney's Wild World of Sports. Okay. This is going to be the very last season for the Atlanta Braves spring training at Disney's Wild mm-hmm. World of Sports. They're going to move to a coast. Um, oh. So all the other sports teams, mostly, I will say, are actually on the Gulf Coast. 
There's a team, I think, actually in St. Pete, and then it works its way down to Bradenton, Sarasota, Fort Myers, Naples, and then there's teams scattered mm. in, in little towns. And so uh, every March, I always try to go to minimally one spring training game for any team, really. I'm not that picky about it. It's like going and having a nice day at a ballpark and having a beer and a hot dog and watching guys play baseball. It's a thing. I like it. It's what I do. <laughs> so I got to do that on Sunday, and I didn't like either of those teams, but I'm just so desperate to go see baseball, so I went. <laughs> um, what teams were they? So in Orlando, it's the Atlanta Braves, and they were playing the Florida Marlins. Um, but I do like going out for a weekend to Sarasota and Bradenton because there's three teams within like a 20 mile radius of each other. <laughs> you can literally see three baseball games in like a 48 hour time frame. It's pretty sweet. Um, so yeah, no, cool. I, I, I love, I will say the benefits of being in Florida for the month of March are, uh, plentiful there's a lot of sports that are happening basketball is still a big thing the magic are still having a pretty stellar season thus far sort of shockingly and yeah no it's a, it's a great time for sports in orlando florida just, let's be clear stellar for the magic and i'm not a magic fan let me let me, let me, let me yeah let me rephrase that it's a stellar season for the orlando magic for a, any other professional basketball team it's <laughs> not great um but yeah yeah i'm just saying I'm, like you know there's sports there's things there's cool things to do outside in the month of march where it's not like insanely hot like it's gonna be in about three weeks when it's actually almost the end of march and beauty april anyways i have one more florida question orlando specific i guess I so i saw david it's so funny. It's like I, I just I'm always seeing what you guys are up to here and there, and then I, and I have questions sometimes. So um, I saw David had liked something on Twitter, and it was in reference to I guess the Epcot Center is building something like I don't know reworking something that they used to have. Like what's the deal there? What 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 was the Epcot Center missing? Like some sort of fountain or something? That oh you- oh Fountain of Nations. Oh, yeah, I think I recently saw via, I forgot what account on Twitter, that there was a rendering of basically how they're redoing yeah. the front of the park, which right now at the front of the park features these monolith. kind of monolith-like stones that a while back people could pay to have like a, a laser etching of their face on these on these stone things back in the like late 90s early millennia yeah and if you're feeling really crazy you can run through there now and try to find an in-sync's like faces somewhere in there anyway i found that one time with some girlfriends like a million years ago uh, so basically <laughs> i mean if this rendering is true i don't know how official that announcement was like they're removing all that they're going back to these kind of planters and everything but the the coolest thing about it is that the because back kind of I get I think it's around the time when they added those stones they they changed the fountain and they had removed this very Epcot classic kind of like it, it's a very eighties look but it's awesome hmm. like these this kind of like I don't know in the center of the fountain there was like these these I think it was like these three like kind of stone flat things that go up and it had like the old Epcot logo like right in the middle of them. And, oh, uh, I think you know what logo you're talking and about. The, and in the rendering, that that thing in the middle of the fountain is like coming back. Oh, 
Oh, sweet. Yeah, that was super 80s. Again, I'm I'm saying all this, like, I don't know how official all this is. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I think that's what you're referring to, Bobby. So on a a super weird Disney note, since we're talking Disney, Disney, I was going to say something about Disney, too. So uh, were you talking about Disneyland, Star Wars? No, I was just going to say, like, since you're bringing up Disney, that was one other thing I did this weekend. I went to the parks or I went to a park on Sunday, which I hadn't been to a Disney park in a little while. I don't go as much anymore. Um, I mean, I've been to Epcot somewhat recently, but I feel like Epcot's different. Like Epcot is for me, like almost another category of park. I go to Epcot to like chill and walk around and drink. <laughs> yeah, Epcot's <laughs> you know? almost, dare I say, relaxing at times. It is. It's the only park that is left that is relaxing <laughs> because... And it's losing that relaxing it, It's very funny quickly. too because, yeah, what was it? Very recently or sometime this week, Disney put out some more information and they did some press preview stuff for uh, Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. new Star Wars land that's coming to Disneyland and to Disney World. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I've, I think I've seen three versions of this picture in a meme on on Instagram and Twitter where it's an image of the Millennium Falcon and there's like a father and a daughter father and like his kid and there's like maybe two other people on the side and then otherwise it's like stormtroopers and stuff and it's an image of that and then you know someone has taken it and shown you what it'll look like in real life where it's just packed full of people and like the reality is completely a 180. Ne- you're never going to have that much space. Never going to have that moment. That magical <laughs> moment alone with your child embracing the wonder and majesty that is the Millennium Falcon and or all of Star Wars section. That is never, never gonna going happen. to happen. And it's funny because then, yeah, sure enough, this weekend went with the kids and my parents to Disney's Hollywood Studios, which is the park here in Orlando that will have, you know, the, the new Star Wars land. And we went, and they have a new Toy Story area there now. We kind of walked through that, and when we didn't do a lot because uh, this is also the the new Fast Pass era of you know of the Disney parks. And you know, this was long story short, it was a, a trip that wasn't really planned for, and we didn't have Fast Passes for anything. And really, without Fast Passes anymore, there's there's really not doing much of anything. There, you really have to plan ahead to go to the parks. If you actually want to ride things, and it makes and it, me sad. And in that one sense, sad. it's annoying being someone who grew up in a time when there was no there was no fast pass. Like you just went to the parks and you, you got in line, and if it was a popular ride, you just had to wait. And if it wasn't popular, maybe you got lucky. You didn't have to wait so long. But now it's like you really have to plan ahead. And in one sense, you part of me wants to be annoyed that fast pass even exists, but at the same time. The parks are different. The parks, the attendance of the parks is just so incredibly different in that they are just, they, at least here at Disney World, they seem to be packed like year round all the time now to a point that without Fast Pass, I can't imagine. Like you basically have to have Fast Pass and you just have to plan ahead. And that, that probably is the only way it makes it bearable. It's just so busy. And I mean, I, you guys know me, I am a, I am a Star Wars fan and part of me wants to be so pumped and excited that this Star Wars land is coming, right? Like, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's hard to get excited because I don't even know when I'll experience it. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't have an annual pass. I'm not going to get one anytime soon. They just, they're, you know, I mean, they're, they're expensive and 
Well, and I'm not willing to deal with the crap show that's going right. to occur for the first year that thing is open. It's going to be insanity. That's what I'm about to say. Like, yeah, it's just, it's going to be insane there. It's, and to the point that it it's somewhat surprising too, considering how, how much attendance they have at the parks here and how much land they still have left that they didn't just build a star Wars park. <laughs> like You could have built a fifth park and just built a star Wars park completely on its own. And it would have done incredibly well. Like it's, it's going to be crazy there to the point that, yeah, I, I agree with you, Michelle. I'm not, I don't even know if I want to go. The only way I would go is if I did have an annual pass and they did like annual pass previews and I'd go to the annual pass preview and that'd probably be it. But yeah, it's hard to get excited about something that I, I think is just going to be too insane to enjoy for a while, you know? So yeah, there's that, that, that was my that weekend Disney yeah. experience. I'm surprised that our conversation has diverged into what you and I do on the weekend. I know we're almost out of time. <laughs> I know. I, 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 feel like I thought that. we were going to talk like, about you know, the 20 movies that I, Bobby watched this week, but here. I know I was like, I still wanted to hear what Yasha saw. Cause I'm sure he saw at least one or two movies. Uh, you know what? I did see a movie this this weekend. I saw The Upside. Uh, Kevin 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 Hart. I almost said Kevin Garnett. Sorry, and Brian Cranston. Um, yeah, I was curious about that film. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a sweet story. Um, it wasn't too much of Kevin Hart acting like Kevin Hart um, in the movie. You know, I really do feel like he just kind of he tried to step a little bit away from his realm of what we're used to seeing when it comes to him being in films. Um, Brian Cranston was fantastic, but I mean, Brian Cranston pretty much does fantastic in just about everything that he does at this point in time. Um, and it's interesting to hear about this, you know, story, this true story about this quadriplegic, you know, basically befriending somebody who, who is this caregiver who had no foreseeable talent or skills that I should say in taking care of him. <clears throat> genuinely enjoyed it. Thought it was a fun movie. I would definitely recommend it to people because I think it was a really um, a good time and it was a heartwarming story. Um, and it was really, you know, kind of reflective in regards to taking, not taking things for granted sort of thing. Um, Cause this man, you know, was able to walk at one point, did have all the use of his faculties and then he lost it. And, you know, it, I can't imagine living to the point where, where I can't use my faculties and need a caregiver like that. So it was interesting. It was an interesting uh, movie. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good watch. Yeah, I got to see it too. And, and I feel the same way. It was just something out of Kevin Hart's normal sort of parameters he stays within usually. And it was good to see him do something a little bit different. And just the story in general between these two people is what I enjoyed it and it was yeah it's still doing pretty well actually I think yeah it's going strong in the theater I mean there was pretty much there was still people in there um, watching it when I was there I mean quite a few anyways I should say did you get a chance to see anything else oh did we talk about Alita because I did see Alita I don't oh. remember if we got a chance to talk about that yeah I'm interested to hear what you think about Alita Bobby I really am because I know you saw it did you see it? Yeah, and I, now I can't remember if uh, David and Michelle saw it, but I liked it. I thought they did a, a pretty good job with 
Alita. I mean, I still, by the end of it, still felt a little bit weird about how how she looks, but the character herself, I really got into um, her story and and where she was going with things, and I enjoyed a lot of the action parts of it, especially there's a part where she kind of goes off in a bar and I thought it was fun. And even the towards the end uh, where the action kind of ramps up, I thought was really good. But it made me leave the theater really hoping that it did well enough to see where they would go with a sequel. Wow. OK, so I, I watched it and I thought this is OK. I didn't think of it anything really spectacular. I thought it was kind of campy. I thought it was cheesy. The special effects were cool. The fight scenes were cool. I know the bar scene that you're referring to, I thought that was fantastic. But overall, I found it quite subpar in storyline and very kind of predictable. And I could take it or leave it when it comes to seeing it again. What I did find, um, or, or seeing a sequel, uh, what I did find interesting and I really enjoyed was the mixture of CGI and real-life application of what these people look like or the actors when they're dressed, because you can tell that they had, you know, there was so much special effects integrated with these characters. I thought it was fantastic, but I just, I, I really don't feel like there was anything super special about this movie. And I think a lot of people felt the same because it's, it's I, from last I checked, it, was, it underperformed quite a bit in the theater. And I mean, it's doing well, rather well overseas, but I don't know if it's going to carry enough to actually warrant a sequel um even with the huge huge cliffhanger for a sequel i, I honestly could care less I, i'm not super interested on a scale of one to ten i probably thought it was like a four a four or a five at best yeah I didn't think it was you all said you're not wrong i mean that there's definitely a lot of people who felt that way and it's reflective in in its at least its stateside box office but I guess I just enjoyed it for what it was. And you're right, the, the story elements, and there's some acting aspects and love story that I didn't too much care for, but there was enough there that made me enjoy it and was hoping that it do well enough for me to kind of see where they could go further if they um, you know, had a chance to. But uh, at, at this right. point, it's still a, a toss-up in terms of if it will reach profitability and be able to kind of get that sequel. But... Um, I did watch some stuff, so I will kind of run through that quickly because I know we're running out of time, but yeah, you got uh, I got a chance to <laughs> one minute. I, I could actually do it in one minute, I'm, but I'm kidding, but go, uh, go ahead. I, yeah. So I got a chance to watch, uh, Greta, which is a movie that came out, I believe this past weekend. It has, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz in it. And, um, also I can't think of the, 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 the French lady's name in it. Uh, oh, let me see. Isabel Huppert. And I don't remember what she was in, but I remember her having a big award season like last year for a movie that she was in. But um, in this movie, she is Greta, and she's this widowed older lady that uh, Chloe Grace Moretz's character be befriends. And you find that very fairly quickly that... Uh, Greta is pretty nuts and the movie kind of expresses that in a way where she has such a, um, a relationship with, with Chloe's character that it's, it's unhealthy and Chloe's uh, character starts trying to get her to back down, but it only helps to ramp her up. And overall 
was something I would say it didn't really work for me. It, it, this movie really didn't pass my eyeball test, which is one of those things where if I roll my eyes too many times, that means I'm not really enjoying it. And it's just there's too many implausible moments or things that the characters do and their choices that just don't seem to fit what they should be doing or what any other logical person would do. So it, it really didn't pass that test for me. So unfortunately I wouldn't really say I could recommend it to people unless it was something that you were watching at home. And even uh, then there's some better stuff. Damn. Out there. <laughs> damn. I mean, cause I saw the trailer for the first time this week. I was like, what's Greta when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to watch. And I saw that and I was like, Oh my God, that looks amazing. Like I was so excited to watch mm. that and then hearing that somebody who I have known and is a good friend and I highly respect his opinion on these movies to f- actually hear you say, I don't recommend going to see that where that doesn't happen a lot. Like you don't say that a lot, like is heart wrenching. Cause it's like, that means that I would really be pissed off if I went and watched that movie. And I'd be like, you gotta be shitting me, man. You have literally gotta be shitting me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not an awful movie. It's just one of those movies where you feel like, okay, I just spent, you know, an hour and a half or whatever watching this, and it was all right. And I could have probably watched this at home while something else, while I was doing something else kind of feeling, where if you're going to go to the theater and spend your money and really sit down for that time, then I would say there's other things out there that you should probably go see before that, that you'll really come out of it feeling good, which I would say that very much applies to How to Train Your Dragon 3. And I've seen this whole series in the theater, and I got to say, it seems like every time they ramp up the CG in these movies, and this movie, it was absolutely gorgeous. Like, I, I really couldn't describe how overwhelmed in a good way i felt looking at some of the cg in the movie and there's these times anyone who knows this this series knows that there's these scenes in it when the dragons are flying and it it really has this feeling to make you kind of have that same sort of vibe as if you're in the in the movie flying with these dragons and it, it it does that here as well but I swear it seems like they ramp up the the CG and, and the, the effects every time. And it looks even more and more believable and, and, and just breathtaking in the way that it's displayed. And in this movie, um, it's got Hiccup and Toothless once again. And they're sort of um, being hunted in a way by some of these new characters that are really trying to contain all the dragons so it's sort of like a rehash in a sense of that same story where there's other vikings that want to possess the dragons but this one has like a different bad guy who's who's specifically a dragon hunter and the the introduction in this one is this uh light fury that's a a dragon that's a female that can um be comparable to toothless and so you get this sort of love story between these other two dragons but it's also done it's all done so really well in the way that um this series has just done a good job of telling these stories without it seeming like is specifically kitty or being one of those series where a lot of dreamworks uh movies are they're always 
very heavy in pop culture references and stuff. And, and the How to Train Your Dragon series has never done that. It's just sort of told its own story. And that's what you get here as well. And it's just, it's just, it wraps itself up in such a really, really good way. And this is supposed to be, as they've said, that this is supposed to be the last movie they're not doing anymore. We'll see. I mean, it, from what I've seen in the uh, the tracking, it's actually opened better than the last two movies have, and it, it possibly could make more than those other two movies. So we'll see if, if DreamWorks holds true to them saying that this is the final uh, movie. But it's absolutely well worth uh, a trip to the theater to watch this movie if you've seen the other two. Uh, that excites me because I want to see it. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say that because like, I love the first one and I'm I'm actually pretty oh. interested in seeing this one. But and I've seen I've seen parts of the second one, but I have not sat and watched the second one from start to finish all the way through. But I, I mean, like I loved the first one a lot. Like I really I think it's a it's a pretty special story. And mm-hmm. now that's, I'm, I'm glad to you. hear I'm glad to hear you like that one that, this much. Yeah, it'll get you. It, it'll definitely get you. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, get you right in the fields. Right definitely, in. definitely in the fields. Uh, let's see what else did I see. Oh, I saw a movie came out uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, and it was. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's called Fighting with My Family, and it's the story of uh, this wrestler, female wrestler called Paige, and it's her her story of how she became uh, uh, just from a, a fighting family background in England. And ended up in the WWE, and uh, the the Rock is one of the Dwayne Johnson. He's one of the producers on this, and he also appears in the in the movie. And I hadn't been aware of Paige's story. I I kind of knew who she was, um, but I hadn't watched wrestling in, in such a long time, so she wasn't someone who was necessarily on my radar. But um, the story in the movie was very well done. I I I had this feeling of like really getting to know this this person and her, and her story and her journey and at the heart of it it's, it's there's an interesting dynamic there because her and her brother are um both wrestlers in this family and they both are trying out for the WWE and in, in the trailers this isn't giving anything away she gets accepted and he doesn't and then there's that how do how do how do you deal with something that you've trained your whole life to do and wanted to do and it's your passion and it, and you're told you can't do it and so there's some of that in there as well and that jealousy that can form and that is part of the story but not the whole story and, and a lot of it is her journey and and she encounters a lot of bumps along the way and and it's um it's very well told and I, I really enjoyed it I thought it felt like it was definitely a, like a, a family friendly movie but it's not one of those movies where you you think you would have to know a lot about wrestling to go see it. It seems very uh, broad enough to where you would be able to go watch it without knowing it. And they explain some of the different terminology and stuff in wrestling. And it's a, it's an interesting look behind the scenes in a way, too, of, of how people and what they have to go through in order to become a, a WWE wrestler. And it's it's a lot harder than you would think, or maybe it's as hard as you would think. But it's definitely uh, something that if you're aspiring to it, it takes a lot to really get to be to the person to be seen by millions of people. But I enjoyed it. 
And um, the last thing I watched was a movie on Netflix that's actually fairly old. It came out in 2012. It's called Would You Rather? And it's a horror movie kind of concept where uh, these people get invited to a house and they're all kind of uh, in need of money. And so uh, there's different types of people there. And in the host, he has this game that he plays and it's would you rather. And so it starts off fairly tame where someone who's a vegetarian says, well, I'll give you $10,000 to eat this steak. And then, you know, it's like, well, will they do that for this money? Sure, why not? And then a guy who's an alcoholic or a recovering alcoholic, will you drink this, you know, container of vodka and for 50000 And then it just starts to ramp up further and further and gets uh, more vicious. And I, I, I really dug it. And it was because of that element where you really start to see, like, will these people do these things? And if, if the would you rather is, if I have to do this to you, then I don't have to do that thing to myself. And so it's like, would you hurt yourself as opposed to hurt someone else? And and then if you're all doing these different things, who ends up surviving that? And so it's, it's um, yeah, I really liked it, especially it's like, it's Netflix. I'm at home, I'm chilling and it's something I could watch. And I just like those kind of concepts just because it's, it's, it's an interesting look into like that, it makes you question those things about yourself. Like what would I do in this situation? So I think that's the element I liked about it, but, um, there it's not, I wouldn't say it's borderline for, I would say for someone like Yasha who doesn't like gore. Cause there's definitely an element of gore into it, but, um, it's not, it's not throughout. So it could be like very borderline for someone like Yasha, but I really enjoyed it more so than I thought I was going to before I um, pressed play because it started off a little slow and it, and the acting wasn't great towards the beginning, but it, once it starts to ramp up, it really gets good. I think I've seen this. Um, who's in it? Uh, so uh, Brittany Snow is the main uh, female character protagonist in it. And then um, there's the guy, his name is Eddie Steeples, Who's in it? Who's an African American guy who was in the uh, show um, uh, with uh, Oh, uh, my name is Earl. He was in that. Um, who else is in this? Okay. Uh, uh, then I, have, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. There's a there's another one um, that kind of has the same concept. This movie came out years ago, and it, I don't remember his name, but Champ from anchorman is in it and it's kind mm. of the same premise and i really enjoyed that it was really kind of set up as a dark comedy and it, it's almost like a dare game like you're at a bar it's like how much would it take you to go for me to give you to go over there and hit on that girl in front of her boyfriend and like well, i'm not gonna do it it's like and it's about these two guys who just end up being really desperate for money and it's like, okay, well, 20 bucks. You know, I was like, 20 bucks, I'll go do it. Or 50, and he's like, and you can outbid each other. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'll do it for, he's like, I'll do it for 15. And, you know, go down that way, you know, like to see who it is. Like, okay, $500, you go over there and slap the bartender. He's like, <laughs> well, all right, I'll do it for 500 bucks. And the other guy's like, 
and it's basically this guy champ has all this this suitcase of money and he's basically giving these guys like all right how much how much for one of you to cut off their pinky you know and it's like you know gets down to that dark mm. and he's like i'll do it for you know it's like a thousand dollars you cut off your pinky and it's like you're underbidding the person to get the the money is like i'll do it for 500 bucks mm, you know that kind of thing like, and it's it was just an interesting kind of story i, I dug it though yeah it, that but I'm i think i have that on my brother. yeah you might like this and I, I think i will check that out because i think the the movie you're talking about i have it on my netflix list as well and i just hadn't watched it yet so i think i might check that out after having seen this would you rather okay I need to watch Would You Rather then. All right, I should give that a shot. <clears throat> yeah, I, I've seen Would You Rather that came out in like 2012, I think. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think? When did you see that? <laughs> a while back. I mean, it was, a, it was a long time ago. I mean, if I say long ago, it was what it's been, could have been six years ago. I don't think I saw it right when I came out, but I remember I saw it. And it's funny though, I, I mean, now I can't remember what I really thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I saw it and I think I thought it was interesting and kind of entertaining, but I don't think I loved yeah. it or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely entertaining. I it's just, you start to get into it as they have these, would you rather's and they start ramping up. Right. Right. I, I, I am heard, almost yeah. done. I'm going to add in there. Yeah. I'm going to um, just chime in and say that I'm almost done with season one of the marvelous Miss May- Mrs. Maisel. And what do you think? I love it. I think it's fantastic. Alex Borstein Damn is straight by you far do. my character. <laughs> she is by far the best character. She is so much fun every time she's on screen. She says something that's so wild, and I just absolutely adore her in this show. Like, I mean, Mrs. Maisel is fantastic, too. I just love the banter back and forth, and I love the illusion that Tony Shalhoub has as this father who says he has control of this house when he absolutely has no control over his house. Right. Like none right. whatsoever. Wait till season two. <laughs> it gets so much better. You just look at him and you go, you just go, oh, sweetie. <laughs> like he just, they, the, all the characters, I think everybody has made me laugh out loud at least once. Like not like jovial, but just like, ha, no way. And then it's like, like it just keeps going. And it's like sounds right. the banter is so brilliantly written and alex borstein's character is so fantastic like i just really really enjoy the show like i just genuinely enjoy this program i think it's a I, and it's like i'm actually curious as like how much this costs per episode to make because their set pieces and costumes are so beautiful and so fantastic and i feel so true to form for the 1950s that i'm just like how how is this like this is crazy like how much this is probably costing them but they've done well so far i hope they sign have they do they have they announced the season three or is that still in the works i think yeah, it's still in the works. i don't think they've announced it have they uh you might be right maybe they haven't officially announced it but it's definitely happening because oh. the the main stars were uh, negotiating for pay bumps and they got it. So I think Rachel went from uh, I forget how much they said she was making, but I think she's now making like uh, three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand an episode or something like that. Oh I, wow, good I'm, for her! I mean, it's it's super going to be a third season because it's just 
the writing is just so good. <laughs> the writing is just so damn good. And that's just really all there is to it. I wish I could, there was something it's, better. It's so seamless. Like, the yeah. way that they interact. Like, there are times when it feels like... There are times to me when it feels... And I usually hate this. There are times when it feels like that they're... I, can tell that they're just reciting lines and i don't fucking care i just want to hear mm. what they say like i'm just like you know it's 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 you can tell that they're all just kind of taking turns it feels like like a play like i mean you see a play and you you, you enjoy the acting and stuff like that but it's like you can you know when somebody's coming in and their cues and it's like the banter back and forth to me it just feels almost like a little too scripted, but I know that it's scripted anyways, even though because it's watching a show. I don't know how to define how I enjoy it, but I do. I just, I love the reaction. I love her banter. I love when she comes in and she just starts rattling on and on and on about something. And the people, the characters that they're introducing to interact with each other are just fantastic. And again, Alex Borstein is not getting enough credit, I feel like, because she is absolutely fantastic in this show. She's so funny. And it's just so simple. So I'm I'm just, I'm almost done with season one. I can't wait to start season two. And it's just, I can't get enough of the show. Can't get enough of it. All right. Well, with that, uh, it's going to wrap it up for our show this week. Uh, real quick, uh, for those wondering what happened to a spoiler effect this weekend, there was no spoiler effect this weekend. But uh, next weekend, everything's going to kind of go back to normal with Captain Marvel coming. So uh, there will yeah. be a spoiler effect for Captain Marvel. We will, of course, talk about that movie on this podcast as well. So look out for that next weekend. Big weekend coming up. Um, so this weekend, yeah. yeah, basically we get to start summer already. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully. <laughs> is, uh, is Captain Marvel tracking high? Like I haven't heard too much. They're pumping really good commercials and, you know, really putting that advertisement out there, but I haven't heard any like news about the sales already for tickets. So I'm, I'm kind of concerned. Uh, I mean, I, I remember seeing some tracking numbers, but now it's been a little while, I think, since I saw those numbers. I don't remember how. I remember thinking they were actually higher than I expected. Yeah. Oh, um, I, yeah. I, and I can't, I won't, don't quote me specifically on these numbers, but I do remember thinking that I saw something tracking between 80 and 120, somewhere around there. Uh, it's probably oh, more cool. between 100 and 120, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, so yeah, look out for that next weekend. Uh, other than that, as always, we'd love to hear back from everyone listening. You can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at flicker underscore effect and on YouTube at flicker effect or youtube.com forward slash flicker effect. Um, with that, I'm David Lott. Um, Bobby Jackson. I'm Yasha Wilson. And I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.